Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Motor Mouths. We love talking about cars, and that's what we're going to do for the next hour. We are glad you're listening, and we know you want to uh, join in on the conversation, and that's why we have it all set up in a number of different ways to make it really easy for you to get in touch with us here on the Motor Mouths. Uh, we'll start out with our Rick's Powder Coating text line. That number is 901-683-0989. And, of course, Bud's got us all set up all over social media. You can find us on themotormouths.com. You can email us directly from there. You can find us on Facebook at themotormouths989. And, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at BudMotormouth. I'm on Twitter at IamDitch. I'll tell you, man, we had uh, some really good conversation last week about our first car. Bud had this idea uh, I don't even know how did we get it started on what was your first car because because uh, I was thinking about selling mine. Oh, that's right. And, and I thought I'd never hear you say that. Yeah, me either. And then I got that comment on my YouTube video where I was introducing that car as a project, and uh, someone had left a comment saying, "Don't sell your first car." There's so many car guys that would give their left arm and half of their right arm to get their first car back, and you know it'll never be as valuable to anyone else as it is to you. And I definitely get that. And I remember a friend of mine, this guy uh, uh, Jim. Shout out to Jim Wilkin. He said, you know, you're never going to get that car back. There's no way. So I I decided I'm not selling my first car. Remind us what your first car was. 1972 AMC Matador station wagon. Big black station wagon. 17 and a half feet long. Weighs (laughs) weighs like 4,000 pounds. It's got a V8 in it. Uh, It's got a 304 V8. And I always used to joke, I want a badge that says... 4.9 4.9 with the little repeating bar leader because uh, a 305 is is a 5.0. So I want to I always wanted to say it's it's a 4.9 liter. We were both AMC guys for our first car because I had the A it was a Gremlin is was an AMC product. Yeah, it? yeah. AMC was oh man. They, and you got the Pacer and the, we could go down a rabbit hole was again. Was the K car an AMC product? That was a Chrysler product. The K I brought that up before. It is a, it was a K car. Uh, Chrysler tried to make something very economical when Lee Iacocca took over. What I, what I love about that station wagon is when people look at it and they try to guess what it is, and half mm-hmm. the time they don't even know what an AMC is oh, anymore, yeah. and they look at it, is that a Ford? Nope, nope, try again. Matador, I never I never heard of that. Is that, is that, a, is that a Chrysler? I'm like, not entirely. I mean, it, it's funny because it's got a Ford carburetor. It's got a Chrysler transmission, I think think the rear end i forget i forget i don't want i don't want to be wrong but you know all makes combined amalgamated motor company these jokes are older than me but uh anyway i asked y'all out there what is your first car and you know what's the story do you still have it do you wish you still had it and we got some good responses uh jay uh is a navy guy uh shout out to my bro over there 75 el camino that he got from a junkyard in 1988 and rebuilt it with his uncle they started when he was age 14 was driving it when he was 16 i love stories like that because I was I've been building a Miata with my nephew so I totally identify mm-hmm. with that situation and I love El Caminos uh it, it's it's just awesome I, I I can't I can't stress enough I, and we need more stories like that please and and you know the the point about your first car it may not be a significant car in history but it's the memories that you had in that car right. that's the significant part of it I mean I don't think I'd ever say that I wanted a gremlin back uh, I always wanted an AMC Eagle, and I could never get one. I'm not sure where it was in my line, but I, I hated the Gremlin. It was given to me by my dad. He said, here's your here's the car you get. I'm like, really? It's like, it's free. Do you want it or not? 
Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was a cheap car. The the Matador. Uh, that's what you had. Yep. And you you still have it. Still have it. What color is it? Black. Black. Okay. I, I repainted it with rattle cans, and it looks like looks like garbage. But uh, I decided that that car always needs to look like it's owned by a teenager. Because yeah, I got it when point. I was 17. I got it with money from my birthday. I was at a birthday party, and people were asking me what I wanted, and I was like, I'm saving up for a car. I need money. So a bunch of my friends, they just gave me 10, 20 bucks, whatever they could, and I used that to buy this car. Had it for about 1,000 miles, and the transmission blew out on it. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I got it rebuilt. The transmission think, shop took care of me, so it think still about runs. AMC Motors at that time, because they had uh they had some interesting cars they had the ambassador which was the big tuna boat of amcs and the rest of them were you know like i said the matador the gremlin uh they had a javelin i think javelin and then the amx was like the the, hornet the 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 good javelin the fast one with the big more they had a big 401 put in that thing and uh i just always thought the amc eagle was just a badass car and i I, it's basically built on a jeep chassis yeah four-wheel drive exactly it looked like a looked like a muscle car i've seen a lot of like jacked up uh eagles and they look cool and i think the hornet was like the two-wheel drive yeah. version but so i that was a great question and it got us going on the yeah, our memories I, of our first cars and we 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 want you to continue the conversation yeah. i got a few more sean told us about his 1984 gmc sierra pickup it was and i quote doo-doo brown over tan uh, back before you needed a computer science degree to work on cars which you know we'll get into a little bit more of that awesome. later but That's you know awesome. i i do love modern cars and how well they run but yeah i, I understand uh the appreciation for that simplicity of just being able to you know, open the hood and work on it. And I think this is your experience, but it wasn't really mine. I didn't work on my cars when I was younger. But also, that's the connection to your first car, is it may have been your introduction to working on cars. Absolutely. you didn't have a lot of money. Man, you were you were just working a, yeah. a part-time job in high school. So if your car broke down, you needed to figure out how to fix it yourself. Yeah, I once changed the water pump on my matador in my in, in the grass in my backyard in february in chicago it was like 20 degrees out Damn. and uh um I, I hate admitting this but i just drained the coolant right onto the ground you're not supposed to do no, that don't no, do that no. I, I, I was not a smart person when i was 17 but you probably killed a dog or a cat who went and no, licked it up i, I hope I, that hadn't happened. no i hosed it down when i was done to dilute oh, it, at it, least it you did soaked that. into the ground which still I, i'm not saying it was a good thing so yeah. definitely don't do that yeah for those who don't know annie freeze if you leave like a puddle of it it will attract animals and they will try to eat it and it will kill them so don't leave pools of antifreeze laying around i hope i hope no one needs that message but there it is uh the other point about the chevelle we had a guy who shared a story about a chevelle yeah so that's carl he told us about his 68 chevelle ss and then he got he also got an el camino a 69 el camino with a 400 small block and you know i gotta say it was so cool that our first response we got two el caminos because i love el caminos and and yeah. uh by the way by the way I'm, I'm looking at a pickup truck i might buy one i'll get into that in a minute oh no <laughs> all right well i bring i bring up you know the the Chevelle is a first car. While I didn't have a cool car in high school, and I wouldn't dare truck my friends around it in high school, my buddy had a Chevelle. Yeah. And so we'd all roll around with him on Friday night for the football game. Nobody asked me to come pick them up in my Gremlin. Right. Right? They, they were like, hey, park at the school, and we'll come pick you up. <laughs> you know, from what we've been experiencing with this heat, I would imagine the most popular kid was the guy whose car had air conditioning back then. Yeah. Because it's no, pretty standard nowadays. But. Well, you know, what's funny, too, about that is the uh, – uh, the amount of people that I could get in my car was not very much, 
But also, you didn't think about economics. You didn't think necessarily about you know the cost of gas at that mm-hmm. point. You didn't. You just thought about well, it wasn't you know, five dollars a gallon, <laughs> right? What what it was gonna what was gonna look around? And you put your your first stereo in your. Did you put a first stereo in your car? I your sure first, did. Yeah. See, that's that's the rite of passage that's, to that's any the, young man. That's like one of the first things you learn how to do to a car. Man, I got this new Kenwood with a detachable face, so nobody can steal it. When I get out, I take the the face plate off and put it in my pocket or whatever. Oh yeah, I, I, I gotta uh, I gotta say I'm I'm really proud of this. The original stereo in my Matador still works. It's it's a it's a single speaker in the dashboard. It sounds like garbage, and it's like that weird vertical uh-huh. stereo. Uh, I always laugh when I when I hear uh, Dave Voloshin say "Go left to right on your radio dial" because it doesn't make any sense. There for is me. It's vertical, <laughs> right. go center. But, uh, but uh, um, no, I, that that that's that's the thing about the stereos, man. That's that's yeah. a, that's I, a big ins- part of it. What I did, and I got to get some pictures of this. I'll po- uh, I got to post them. The I actually pulled out. You know those giant ashtrays that these '70s cars had. I actually removed it and. There's enough space where it's set to fit a modern stereo, and I saved the front plate so I can actually like hide the modern stereo in the dashboard. So the dashboard looks original, and the stereo still works, but my modern stereo is hidden, but I can still actually have some good, you know, good yeah. sound coming out of the thing. Yeah. And the, the thing I always loved as a teenager, and again, I'm not entirely proud of this, but uh, all the speakers sit in the back of this station wagon and that back window rolls down, so that's where all the sound goes. I was a menace to society, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that's another reason why we wanted to roll with Chris Shockey, because he had the Chevelle, I had the Gremlin, he had the badass car, we'd put uh, Van Halen Diver down on and roll around town acting like we owned the place in that thing. So, I, I'd say I'd love to have my gremlin back just so you know the fact i had the first car that i ever owned but i really would like to have a chevelle just that, because of the experience i had in his yeah it was a chevelle that kind of gave me this attitude of hold on to your first car because i remember um a friend of mine his dad was talking about his first car and it was a chevelle and he wished he could get it back and i didn't i, I wanted to avoid that i always thought about that when i was you know, getting into my 20s, how I, I wanted to be the guy who said, well, I held on to my first car. I don't have to wish for it back. So, you know, it was a, it was a brief lapse in judgment, but I'm not selling. That'll be the last car I sell. That or my Willys, because that one has a severe, uh, serious, um, uh, I have an emotional connection to that because that was yeah. my that was my great uncle's. It was his favorite car. But uh, so, and uh, I, uh, I got to point this out. Carl also uh, had some questions about his Infinity. We're going to get into that a little bit later. He's got quite the story and quite the situation with uh, this Infinity with a twin turbo V6 that he's uh, got to deal with. But yeah, so uh, Ditch Jake sent me the uh, Jake from uh, the Nation Jake on on uh, you know the, the daytime show Monday through Friday. He uh, he sent me this link to a Facebook post of a Jeep Comanche. It's an '86 Jeep Comanche. They look like the the, the old Cherokee, but it's a pickup truck. Pickup, yep. And I'm thinking about it. They want 2,800. It's the four cylinder. It's got air conditioning in it. It's uh, the four speed manual, so it's the smaller transmission. And I'm I don't know, man. Twenty eight hundred bucks, not a bad deal. I'm 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 kind of salivating a little bit looking at this thing. Here's the thing: the Jeep Comanche, they were they're cool looking. It's that squared off, you know, like you said, it's the boxed yeah, version. I, mean, I, I love Cherokees. I've got one. Cherokee you know? is is they're hard to find now. Ones that are in any condition, really. To be yeah, honest with they you, they sold one hundred ninety thousand, about one hundred ninety thousand units oh, the throughout Comanche? the life of the Comanche. It, it was uh, it, it debuted in eighty six. And uh, I'm sorry, 84. No, it was 86. And they discontinued them in 92 because they basically started this product line alongside the Cherokee. But when Chrysler bought AMC, they phased out the pickup because Dodge was already selling pickup trucks. They wanted the they wanted the Cherokee. They wanted the, the small uh, midsize SUV to, to compete with like the Bronco 2 and the Blazer. 
So they weren't really worried about selling pickups. So they they phased out the Comanche. So they had a very short run, and they're and like you said, they're hard to find. They're not. They're really not a lot of them in good shape anymore. Well, that's the that's the key. Of looking through Auto Trader just to see, it looks like anywhere from nineteen thousand, twenty two thousand. Here's one that's a short bed for uh, twenty one thousand. These are eighties, nineties Comanches. I mean. <laughs> These things are hold. They hold clearly. They hold their value. The cheapest one I'm looking at is ten thousand four. It's a silver, and it looks pretty beat up. Does it got the six cylinder or the four cylinder though? That's always the big question. With it's these. the Comanche Eliminator 4.0 automatic two wheel drive short bed. Mm. So there That's you go. A, a, a four, I'd rather have a 4.0 with automatic than a 2.5 with stick shift. I mean, the stick shift is always more fun to drive those Jeeps, yeah. but but I would rather have the power. I think, think about the Comanches uh, and even. Uh, well, the Comanches, if you ever saw one lifted, they look, they look, they can look pretty mean because mm-hmm. they, they've got that, like I said, I like that boxy shape to them. You add, uh, you add a lift kit to them and if you do it right, it can look pretty badass. Hey, here's an 89 Comanche four by four pioneer with, uh, it's lifted for 12. What's the one you're looking at? Uh, it's, it's a, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, the, a it's a base model in every, in every, what's the price does it say? 2,800 is what oh, he wants oh, for it. Oh yeah, dude. But. So, but it, it probably is going to need need some what work. Are the, what are the issues kind of, with it? Does it list any issues? Yeah, the, the the you got a cracked dashboard, you know, from the sun beating on it over the years. The interior does need some work. Uh, it's like one hundred and seventy eight thousand miles. Uh, need some vanity probably work. Probably going to have to do an engine rebuild, which I could do. I've done the two point five. My biggest thing is it's it's carbureted. So I would, if I was going to buy it, I would want to tr- like swap out a more modern engine uh maybe something from a from a cherokee like the one out of my cherokee like the, you know the 2.5 with fuel injection okay but so i'm trying to run a tab it. in my head so you spend 20 what'd you say 2800 on it well you, I, it would probably be 3200 all said and told once i get it okay. in my possession and after i wait three hours in line at the because uh, yeah uh, county clerk to get the tags for it and everything because i'm a public uh, school graduate i keep this the numbers easy to add so let's say three thousand up front once you're done 2000 2500 for the engine maybe if you're going to swap the motor I want something that's going to last okay so now you're into it for 5500 you're going to add some other aesthetic things you're going to be into it for let's just say when it's all said and done and i'm not even adding the value of your time seven thousand dollars what could you flip it for or would you even, keep it at that point i i don't even know i don't Do know you if need another it. jeep product in your life uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I've only got three, right? I mean, I don't have a pickup. I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti-Jeep, but uh, <laughs> the last Jeep that you bought on a whim like this is it, because... Now, it's funny because those who listen to the Motor Mouths and know that when Bud came in a few months ago talking about this Jeep that he was going to buy from his neighbor, the one thing you kept selling me on was it can tow. Yes. And I'm like, you're going to buy it because it can tow. Yeah. And, and, and that was it. it. Can. And I, I, I could tow this Jeep. Problem was, you couldn't get it out of third gear. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's, it's running now. I, I decided to sell that one, and I got some I got some updates on that. I was going down the road of going to put it on eBay Motors, and I was looking up their auction fees, and the whole thing is kind of a headache. Basically, uh, just really quick, if you if you do, like, their basic package, you can only put up, like, 12 photos. You can auction it for seven days, and you can't put a reserve on it. It's 19 bucks, which isn't bad. But if you want to do anything more, if you want to uh, do, like, a fixed price and uh, get, like, uh, or put a, I'm sorry, put a uh, reserve on it. Either one, you can do a fixed price. But if you want to put a reserve on it, 
um, up to a, up to a certain amount, which is about twenty grand. You got to pay fifty bucks, and then there's the premium package. So, is there a? Do they get a cut of it? A percentage? Oh, of, of the course. Sale? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so the price is in in addition. And, and then they also they get a percentage of if you have a deposit put down, they get a percentage of that. They also have like a high versus low volume sellers. Once you become a high volume seller, you're in this price bracket now, and you never go back. It's if you sell seven cars a year or more. And then um, the thing is, though, if you become a high volume seller, the uh, successful listing fee uh, is is waived because you're selling yeah, so many cars yeah. on there. But the whole thing is such a mess. And then, of course, if someone across the country buys it, you got to facilitate getting it shipped. So I'm like, okay, Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to do this the easy way. I think I think I think asking. I think I've been doing a lot of research about this. I think asking seven or eight grand for this Grand Cherokee is reasonable. I think it's worth that. It's, it's pretty yeah. good. You're going to get your money back and a few extra. Right. That's yeah. and that's the goal, right? And then. Then I'll buy a few more and do well, it again. <laughs> let's say, let, let's put it, let's be honest. You're going to get your money back. You're going to make a few extra bucks, but your time is money. And you spent a couple of Saturdays gutting this thing out. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was 18 hours to do that interior job, which if anyone wants to see uh, how I turned that thing You got to see it. The video of this thing before and after is amazing. The yeah, disgusting condition. Pulled all the seats in. out of it and shampooed the carpet. But I have videos on my YouTube channel at uh, Authority's Garage. I'm really proud of it, too. That was that was a lot of fun to do. I love I love those kind of oddly satisfying videos where you go from nasty to clean, you know, in a couple minutes. You get to see the time lapse. You don't have to put in the 18 hours of work to get there. The other thing that Bud did to that one is he had a leak in the roof. And it wasn't a leaky roof. It was well. What? It was it was the sunroof or moonroof. Sunroof. The, the moon sunroof. Sun I guess it depends yeah. on what time of day it is. But uh, yeah, basically, there's these tubes that drain the little catch pan underneath it, and those clogged. It is a very common issue on a lot of cars that I was. So it wasn't sunroof. leaky glass or a seal. It was just your your drain was clogged. Right. Yeah. And it uh, basically you got to take the on the uh, the arms that that are go alongside the windshield. You got to pull down the interior panels and pull up the tubes, disconnect them and blow it out. I basically put some compressed air to it and, and it it's did fixed. the job. Yeah, yeah now it doesn't amazing. make anymore. Simple as that. Yeah. So, that's uh that uh, now, as far as adding another Jeep product to your <laughs> to your fleet. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe I'll wait. If this if this Comanche is still available after I sell the Grand Cherokee, then maybe maybe I'll get a little crazy with it, but I'll just I don't say, know. If I get a pickup, maybe I should get something with a little bit with a little bit more motor cuz that yeah. 2.5 is very underwhelming, you know. It's well, in, I I don't mind it in my Cherokee, my 98 Cherokee. It's got the little 2.5 and it's but it's also fuel injected, so it runs really well. It's a very smooth motor and it's just it's very underpowered and very underwhelming. Um listen, dude, I'm just going to tell you, your Cherokee, does it have, uh, how are the high back seats or are they the low back on the Cherokee? In the back, in the back seat? In the, the driver's side seat. Is it uh, is it high back? Because the Comanche's got those low seats. Oh, I see what you're saying. And they're yeah, very no, uncomfortable. It's the, yeah, it's the high ones. They're the pretty okay. standard Cherokee seats. All right, seen all right, good. Well, that's the thing about the uh, the Comanche pickup seats I remember seeing is those they goofy looking low back and those things do not look very comfortable. Yeah, I mean they're not for comfort. And it, it is a bare bones truck. Oh like, yeah, there is there is yeah. there is no, there's no bells and whistles. One of the things I always thought was so funny about the Cherokees, and this is also true for the Comanches, is the back of the turn signal do, does it's not even a completely finished piece of plastic. Like it's hollow in the back. Like they, they only care about what it looks like from the front. Like it's it is that bare bones. <laughs> and uh, don't even finish it just whatever they see on the outside is all we care about but but at the end of the day they are still like wildly popular i bought my cherokee for 1800 bucks back in 2015 and i've had offers around 4500 for it 
and it, it's mostly bone stock. The thing is, trying to find a Cherokee that someone hasn't, like, ripped apart and put a bunch of rough country lift kit in or, you know, done stuff to the motor. I mean, I've pulled my motor and rebuilt it, but it's been running strong for forty grand for 40,000 miles, so I'm not... Uh, Cherokees are... I'm not are, uh, worried about it. If you can find a Cherokee, it's a DIY car, man. It's, it's all about, you know, what you can do. Like you said... Same thing with the Comanche, bare bones, man. There's yeah. nothing about comfort. Those things, when you look at a Comanche, now that I think about even a Cherokee, um, you don't see anything that resembles comfort. Yeah, it's not what it's built for, you know. Yeah. Uh, although if you get the if you get the limited, you know, you might get some. Actually, do they even have limited? I'm thinking of the Grand Cherokee. My Grand Cherokee is limited. It's got the leather seats and all that. But no, there's really no. I mean, you get the sport the sport version of the Cherokee. There's a few. There's a few niceties in there. At least they come with air conditioning. For that part, although my, <laughs> mine's never going to have air conditioning again, I got to change out that entire system. And after the summer we just had, I don't think I'm ever going to be driving it between the months of like May and September. So let's hear about your first car that you bought, uh, that you got, whether you bought it, whether it was given to you in high school or whatever. We want to hear about your first car. We'll continue that conversation. You can uh, send it into us on the Rick's Powder Coating text line, 901-683-0989. That's 901-683-0989. And the more details, the better. Uh, how, you know, tell us about what, like, how you felt when you got it. Was it that, that whole you know, the first representation of freedom in your teenage years? Yeah. I, I totally remember well, that feeling. You know the first place I ever went when my friend got his car? Hooters. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, that is the, uh, that's the under-17. That's the under-18 club. Uh, what made it so special to you? What was uh, what was so special about that first car? Let's hear the story. 683-0989. Uh, and we will answer your questions if you have any. Like Carl had a question about uh, an infinity that he has. That's right. And, and we'll get to that here in, uh, in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to get to some details about his question. He may not like the answer. Uh, his question blew me away, that's for sure. So stick around and listen. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. More exciting than a 97 Dodge Caravan on the way to soccer practice. The Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We're going to talk some more about cars. Guess what? Because that's what we do on the Motor Mouths. Uh, we have um, we have some news. We got a question last week because we had it in our discussion about the Hemi. And right. some, you, you kind of mentioned they were going away, yeah. and uh, Jay reached out to us on the Rick's Powder Coating text line, uh, 683-0989, for anyone wondering about that. And he said, you know, what's up with V8s going away? So we did some digging, and sure enough, we got this notorious article, and Chrysler is phasing out the Hemi. And we will tell you why here in a couple of minutes. Also, we're, we've got Carl on standby. We're going to get to Carl's question about his infinity. Blew me away when he asked us this question last week. So we quite got the, him on the quite phone. The situation. Yeah, it's an incredible situation, and you want to hear that. But first, we're going to go to our uh, newsmaker line, as we call it here on the Motor Mouse. Is that what we call it? But, I think I just named it that. Yeah, why not? I mean, we got, <laughs> but either way, we got some we got some breaking news, and I think a lot of people are going to be happy to hear about this. Daniel Irwin from the Better Business Bureau Mid South, a friend of the radio station. Always has good information. I don't know, Daniel. Rarely have you ever called us with bad information. Actually, I don't think ever. So uh, we're, we're we're I will do my best not to. Yeah. So uh, with relation to automobiles, what do you have for us from the Better Business Bureau Mid South? What can you tell us, Daniel Irwin? Well, I have good news. <clears throat> you may now be at least uh, slightly less likely to get another robocall suggesting you renew the service warranty on your car. Uh, the Federal Communications Commission, also known as the FCC, 
has ordered all U.S.-based voice service providers to stop transmitting robocalls originating from a group of eight individuals and associated companies that are based in California, Texas, and in international locations. Uh, according to the FCC, uh, they say that these uh, companies and individuals um, made over 8 billion illegal robocalls hawking auto warranty renewals since 2018. Man. It's not going to stop all of the calls for a car warranty, but it's going to stop most of them because most of them are coming from uh, the, these groups in California, Texas, and overseas. I think it's great that they've identified who's doing it. Daniel, do we know the figure? We know the amount of calls they've made. Do we have any idea how much money these, these I almost want to say scammers, but I don't know that I can quite say that, but how much money they've made doing this? That, you know, the, the exact dollar amount, I don't know. I have heard in the millions. Um, I'm assuming it's in the millions. Obviously, it was very profitable for them to take the risk uh, to break the law. So, um, you, you know, you have to figure that it was, um, you know, it was worth it, or at least uh, at some point it was worth it. Um, but again, uh, these prolific robocallers uh, made the extended vehicle warning calls the number one source of consumer complaint uh, to the Federal Communications Commission in 2021. That doesn't so surprise me in the busy. slightest. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they made a lot of money doing it, I'm sure. Nothing worse than getting a yeah. phone call saying that your auto warranty is almost up. Uh, I just wonder how much they yeah. paid the lady to do the voice work. Oh, jeez. Probably the, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is this yeah, a, not enough not enough for the bad part right da daniel Irwin with us is this is this news effective immediately what what when does it start what's the deal yes uh this is uh it's happening now um and again all the u.s-based voice service providers um will stop transmitting the calls that are coming from these uh particular excuse me particular locations um they are working on um stopping them all together but uh this is a first step uh in so, what's going to be a long process, but hopefully, um, if this goes well, uh, they will they will crack down uh, more often, and uh, we'll finally get some relief. Keep in mind uh, that you know it's illegal in most cases for an individual or a company to send you a recorded message unless you've given them written permission to contact you. Oh, so you know this will cut down on on a lot of those uh, pesky calls that you get. You know, I'm going to start answering my spam calls for a while just to see if this is actually working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but now here's the thing, though. Daniel said something, though. He that's that we have to pay attention to. the The devil is in the details. So they're stopping these companies. But what's going to stop these companies from just branching out and starting new companies to do the same damn thing? Well, and that's probably what's going to happen. We know that, right? Uh, whenever they shut it down, it's obviously big business. So whoever gets shut down in one place is going to open up somewhere else. Uh, the scammers and, and the ill actors are always going to come up with uh, ways to skirt the new regulations. And, uh, you know, we have to stay on our elected officials to uh, stay one uh, step ahead of the scammers. All so right. kudos to the FCC for finally doing this, but uh, they need to do more. Yeah, I agree. Nothing worse. Nothing well, it'll, worse. It'll be a good week before they start up again. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to get a vacation. <laughs> yeah. When they're on it, man, they're on it. Because you know, Bud got hammered by spam last week. I don't know how many calls you said you got in one day. I don't know if it was from the warranty people, but your phone was off I the stopped hook. answering. It very well yeah. could have been from the yeah. warranty people. It's them or they're trying to buy yeah. my house. Yeah. they want, Or you got the house <laughs> scammers. All right. We'll talk about that on our house yep. show. But right now we're on our Motor Miles show. Daniel Irwin, Better Business Bureau mid-south thanks for the update that's good news thanks guys so i think it's worth noting that if you do get a phone call from somebody trying to sell you an auto warranty or an extended warranty it's still a scam still a scam just because yes. just because they, they they made it illegal doesn't mean people aren't going to try and do it <laughs> so you know your warranty should be going through your dealership you know or uh failing that the manufacturer but but anyway we did want to follow up on something that we mentioned last week we were kind of talking about electric cars and gas cars and you mentioned ditch that 
the Hemi is going away. And, you know, Jay reached out to us and said, is this really the case? And sure enough, Chrysler is phasing out the V8. Uh, yeah. the, the, not only the V8, but the Hemi. The Hemi, yeah. Chrysler, uh, has, the CEO of Dodge, says that the Hemi will be retired or discontinued uh, in the near future. And the reason that they give or that he, uh, the CEO gives is, uh, according to Autoblog, because there is a squeeze on regulatory emission controls for gas-powered automobiles. Oh, well, there it is. So, so, so we knew that it was coming, bud. Yeah, you know, it couldn't last forever. They're going to regulate it to death. Yep. Literally. They're gonna, well, they're going to regulate it so that you do what? You go to get an electric. Because yeah. they did say they're, go, they're going to focus their development here on out on uh, electric. And this goes right back to what I was saying. Electric cars are fine. Just stop forcing them. You know, uh-huh. it's, they're, they're trying to legislate them into our lives, and it's driving everyone crazy. I've talked to a bunch of folks who, you know, they've ridden in them or they've driven an electric car. They think it's fine. They think it's fun. Just don't make me buy buy one that's but, the thing yes. uh, in fairness again in fairness they're they're phasing it out for a twin turbo v6 twin turbo v6s are pretty cool and they're very popular i love the ford ecoboost it's a very good motor they they last practically forever uh anthony said uh my, my former boss anthony says his ecoboost in his f-150 is almost 400,000 miles and he hasn't even replaced the turbos but wow it i mean but again it can, it can still go wrong which which i'm sure uh we'll discuss at length so we uh along with telling us about his first car we got a text from carl asking us about this situation with his infinity he's got a 2018 infinity q50 with a 3.0 twin turbo and from what you described to me carl it sounds like it's got a blown head gasket does that sound about right yes sir i believe so and you took it to a dealership, and they quoted you, like, an outrageous amount, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, they they quoted me a short block at $25,000 and also made a comment that uh, they thought there was water in the oil. Um, however, there isn't water in the oil. It looks like the head gasket is only blown on the exhaust port. Oh, that's wow. a problem that can spread, though. So if it isn't now, it will be soon. So you, <laughs> what did, so what you was say, your what was your first initial response, Carl, when when they told you that? Did they tell you that face to face, or was that on the phone? Oh, uh, it was it was leaving a quote in the car when I went to pick it up. But oh, uh, yeah, I was definitely in shock. How many miles you got on that thing? About sixty thousand miles, and it it actually uh, and this is one of the things that really frustrated me. And I understand the dealership's position, but it should be under warranty, in my opinion. However, the dealership is referencing on the computer, the black box of the car, the fact that there is shows a history of an overheat. But the problem is, the one overheat in the history of the vehicle was due to a pulley misalignment from the factory and you know and when i tried to bring that up they said you know that's really kind of outside of and at that time i reached out to nissan usa and then really have never received any man i'd keep pulling that thread if you can it, you know it seems to me a, a shop is going to try and you know get out of a warranty any way they can that price to, to me do you think uh, bud does yes, this sound like somebody who's done underwriting in uh, in shops is this a price him out the door thing so that we don't have to deal with this i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case i've seen that happen i've even done it myself there have been some cars where it's like look i this thing is we're going to get married to it and it's gonna it's gonna be a mess. So I, I reached out to uh, a friend of mine who owned, who runs a shop, and I asked him about this situation and uh, got a quote from him. He said twenty three hours of labor to repair that. Okay. And 
it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 7500 bucks. He said, but I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because the warranty at this particular shop, he offers a 12-month, 12,000-mile warranty. If you're pulling the motor out to do a head gasket, especially with something complicated like this with the twin turbo, basically any problem that car has, you're going to see that customer again. And, <laughs> and, and, and while you might make a lot of money up front, you're you're going to be married. It's going to be a pain in the butt. It's yeah. like that 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 relationship you can't get rid of. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's rough. So yeah, you're 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 in kind of a, a sticky situation. I don't know if I would attempt to do it myself. Like you said in your text to me, you know, uh, it, it's not exactly it's not exactly an, an old '80s car that you can you can no. do it yourself. That's something. I would. Want I can't someone. even tell I would, any part of the motor what it is. Yeah. See, right. here's the thing, too. You said you took it to an Infinity dealership, right? Yes, sir. See, they, they, you know, that you're supposedly taking it to the those who are certified trained technicians with this car. So yeah, I have no doubt it, they'd be able to do it. Yeah, but they but. can do it, but they should have no fear of being able to do it. Maybe they just said, you know, man, I don't know. I've, the prices I've seen and the people I've talked to, Bud's talked to somebody who's currently in the business, anywhere from 4500 to maybe 7000 if you take it somewhere. But the other question we probably, or concern we would probably share with you is, do you, it's, Bud, how hard is it to find somebody who can work on something? This is a specialty repair job, I think. Yeah. Outside oh, yeah. of a dealership. Yeah. So you're definitely looking for some kind of performance shop, or you know, you, you want the you want the senior guy in the shop to do something like this. No doubt about it. I, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want anything yeah. anything less. I, I'm convinced you could probably find a shop that'll do it for less. But definitely, definitely don't don't go for the uh, don't let the don't let the entry level technician get his hands. So, on it. Carl, I guess what we're saying is the next question we'd have for you is how much do you love this car? Not that much. <laughs> but, um, this is honestly my first Infinity product. I'd always purchased Lexus IS, you know, which is a similar four door sedan. And I mean, I'll be honest, I run my cars ragged. I drive it like I'm the transporter, and uh, <laughs> the Lexuses, I've never had a bit of problem with even through some really rough situations and the infinity didn't make it out of the first year wow. so i will ne i'll definitely be looking for another lexus product i mean the car is awesome the finishes are nice the engine's really nice but as far as the product quality i've just really been unimpressed yeah i, I fully support your decision to go back to lexus lexus is one of yeah. my like top five brands of all time great i've almost bought a few of them haven't pulled the trigger yet mostly because i can't afford them but uh no I, I would i would definitely consider that have, have you uh have you looked up what you could get for the car in its current condition or has anyone made an offer or anything no well yes and no I've, I've had a couple of offers, and I mean, I've parked it and been making a payment for two years on it now oh, at this man. point, Yikes. so it, it's paid down to a point where, you know, I can sell it to someone that's got the ability to do that work, and it would be a killer investment for them. The retail, because of the used car market, you know, is currently in excess of 30 grand, and I owe less than 10 on it. And, you know, I'm really just looking to get out of it. So if you guys have any listeners who are looking for, a, a, you know, something they can put a little work into and get their money back out of it, I'm absolutely looking to sell it. And uh, well, you know, I'm probably going to sit parked until I do so. I'll tell you what, Carl. Here on the Motor Miles, we love project cars, but uh, I, I don't like this kind of project car. <laughs> this one. The right. number of YouTubers I see who buy projects like this and go in on them, they get them off of like copart.com 
someone out there would be willing to go after this thing. So, you know, best of luck to you with that one. If we hear, get any leads, man, we'll keep you yeah, we'll keep you informed. Anybody listening uh, reaches out to us. We'll get in touch. We got your number, Carl. Awesome. Greatly appreciate it, guys. Thank you for your help. All right, man. No Thanks, and good Thanks luck. Thanks for getting on with us, man. Have a good day. I have an idea, actually. I, Carl just gave me a really good idea about What's it. What's that? Having that conversation with him, you're always looking for a project oh, car. No. Why don't you buy his Infiniti? <laughs> uh, that could be a year-long project car for I you. I really don't. I really don't want to pull the motor. On See, a, on a Q50. what I envision happening, and your Bud's not a kind of guy. Just for those who uh, a little behind the scenes, a little inside baseball, Bud does not like to leave anything undone. Like once Bud starts something, it he really is. His mind is locked, laser locked on it to get it done. Whether it's editing audio, if he gets interrupted, he wants to get things done so well that'd be a real challenge for you i could see that car that infinity sitting in your carport up on uh you know up on lifts up on uh, jacks jack stands and the engine apart uh, for months i don't i don't i you'd be a guy that would drive you crazy no it wouldn't take months i think if i was gonna do it i probably could do it pretty quick i need a manual that's the start it's just i need you can't do a job like that without some kind of guide or information, you know, whether it's the, I don't have access to the Mitchell guide or the all data, which for those who don't know, most shops have access. These are basically these giant online manuals that tell you how to do these procedures. Most of the time, a lot of these great mechanics, not only are they well-experienced and well-versed in this stuff, but they don't just know how to do all these jobs. They that information these comes from the, yeah, from these manuals. And I don't, at the time, at this time, I have access to them. That's that's a little bit more to bite off than I want to chew right now. You know? That's a pretty <laughs> big financial investment in those that, manuals, yeah, too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The, the manuals, yeah, for sure. And then buying an Infinity and, I mean, <laughs> yeah. dude, dude the, 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 I looked it up. The head gasket kit alone you're looking at 400 bucks, and so, I, I, and then that's but, after what he would charge but, me for it. And but come on, let's be honest. Your investment there is uh, upwards of maybe $4,000, and he said that he had offers if it was in good condition for 30 uh, or <laughs> he didn't have an offer. He, he looked up the price, I guess, because of the used car market. Um, and it's still, so you're, you're going to talk me out of the Jeep Comanche. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, you're trying to sell me on this, uh, this twin turbo infinity. I mean, you love a, a challenge, gasket. don't you, bud? I kind of do, but I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit more than I want, than I want to yeah. bite into right now. But, uh, if anyone does want it again, you can reach out to us. We'll get you in touch with Carl. If you want to uh, look into this thing for sure. Hey, listen, our number is 683-0989. That's 901-683-0989. We'd love to hear about your first car. What was special about it? What was so special about that? first car do you still have it and would and if you, you don't would you get it back would you be interested in trying to find one that is similar to it if not you know obviously it'd be tough to find the car but one that was just like it year make model color we've seen guys that when they get older you know maybe their wife i've seen this before on uh on the count the counting car show where a lady will will find a car or ch will go into the count and say hey here's x amount of dollars I want you to go find a you know, 73 Chevelle. It's got to be blue. This is the car that he had when he grew up, and he always wanted to have one again. And they always break into tears when they see oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then everyone starts crying, and, you know, it's it's uh, it's crazy. But that is, it's important. It's important as you get older. So we'd love to hear your story about your first car. Uh, I'll tell you something. Um, I get, uh, Bud, you mentioned this last week about being the guy who friends and family always, if you... If they know that you enjoy wrenching on cars, they suddenly, you are suddenly the person that they call to for everything because they think that, oh, you love working on your car. You're going to love working on mine. Yeah, I'll do you a favor and let you work on my car for free. Yeah. Well, I got <laughs> so. two daughters. One's 21, one's 16. The 21-year-old has friends, and whenever they they need brake jobs, I get a call from my daughter. She says, hey, would you fix her, repair her brakes or redo her? And I've done that for a couple. 
So the other day I get a call and they're stranded because the key is stuck in the ignition. Oh, okay. And I make a drive down to Midtown and it was so very easy. Was the car filthy? Uh, yeah, mid twenties. It was yeah. not. It was a couple like, of times I dealt with this. I remember one. It was a Lincoln Zephyr. They only made this thing for one year. But the reason the the key wouldn't come out of the ignition is because her car was so filthy. No. the shifter wouldn't go into park all the way. Well, so that's, you couldn't you couldn't get the key wouldn't release until it's in park. The car wasn't in park all the way. It wasn't really nasty, nasty. I mean, I don't think. I mean, she just didn't put it in park all the way. Okay, for some reason, and it wouldn't work. Most modern vehicles will not allow you to uh, remove your key. Uh, if the transmission is not in the park position. I right. mean, it's just a safety mechanism. So that was all it was. And they had spent 30 minutes where they were at trying to get this thing fixed. And finally, she called me and so I went in. So I, I thought about this might be something we could talk about today. If that happens, there's also the steering wheel. If your steering wheel locks, mm-hmm. if your wheels are parked, in a, if you're parked in a weird position and your steering wheel is locked and you can't get it to move at all. Or it's like putting pressure on the lock. On the lock of, yeah, the, the barrel lock of your ignition. That's another reason. Then uh, you just said the dirt. Uh, yes. Believe it or not, those key ignition holes get all kinds of crap in there, and that that can also do it. Damage to the key, the key gets worn down. I know yep. a lot of cars now don't oh. even have actual keys. Yeah. Or what'll happen is the key will be worn down, and the in, uh, internal guts of the lock will be used to that, and then you lose your your key that you use every day for a decade, and you get another and, key that you've had. You know, you should always have a backup key to your cars. Please don't don't uh, don't don't walk around with just one key always have a backup key at the house somewhere safe but you go and get that key and it's basically got freshly cut teeth on it because it hasn't been used for the past decade so you put this brand new key in the ignition and those sharp edges are not good for it it's not used to that it, you know if the key's worn out the ignition's worn out too so if you put it like a brand new cut key in there, don't be rough with it, please. You know, you, you might break something. But what about the key that will come out before you even turn it off? Oh, my, my Matador does that. Now, what's the deal with that? That's just... Is that the, uh, the cylinders? It's, it's, uh, cylinders worn out or, again, like the, the Matador was just like that when I got it. I don't even know if it was always <laughs> like that. And the key is really short. Well, it's like the size of my thumbnail. You ever met a guy who has a screwdriver as his key? Yeah. Usually he's driving an AMC. <laughs> I've seen that before. I don't need a key. I just get a screwdriver, ram it in there, and twist it. What I, was it? Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Samuel Jackson yeah. starts a Yugo with a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was an automobile mistake. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just thought those are a couple of the things you should look to. Um, first and foremost, it's almost always, I would say, uh, is the car is not in park, and that's why I won't let you take the key out. Yeah, it'll still, the car will be parked. Like, the ignition will engage the parking pin, and it'll shut the engine down. It just, it has to go all the way up and lock, and and like I said, that happens way more than you'd think. And Bud experienced this problem with uh, the car not going into park because the, the shifter was so nasty with crap in this Jeep that he bought. Didn't you tell me you had to take that whole thing apart because oh, it was so full of crap? Yeah, that was the most obnoxious part of that whole job. So those little plastic sliders that, uh, you know, make it look nice and pretty on the top of the console, those were someone, I think someone had spilled a soda in there Ugh. and it was, they were stuck together and they were bending. And I basically, you can't, you can't take them out because, you know, there's 
there's no like I didn't want to disassemble the whole shifter. Yeah. So I had to individually clean each one of these little sliding pieces of plastic, and that's in the video. You know, again, Thority's Garage for anyone who's interested in seeing the uh, the transformation it did on this Jeep. Upcoming, I'm going to do the exterior. Now that it's not 100 million degrees outside, I can actually do the exterior detail. I don't know how crazy I'm going to get with it because I don't know how much more elbow grease I want to dump into this car, but I got some new headlights. I decided not to do the sandpaper trick to clean off the fogged up headlights. Okay. I'm just going to, I just changed out the lenses. You can, you can usually get aftermarket lenses for most American cars for like a hundred bucks on Amazon. That was an official meteorological term to a hundred million degrees uh, outside. It certainly feels that <laughs> way, man. I don't know why I moved down here from Chicago. Suddenly shoveling <laughs> snow doesn't seem like such a bad deal, yeah. you know? But uh, anyway, it's nice to have this have this relief. But with that said, once this uh, once the weather is conducive, I'm gonna I'm gonna detail that car and then get ready to sell it. I'm probably just gonna go with Facebook Marketplace. You know, considering some of the stuff I've seen on there, my post is gonna look phenomenal. I see so many cars on there where it's like you're car, a pro. Uh, yeah, car, car run good. They got two pictures of it, and there, yeah. there's almost no description. So one ding. I'm, yeah, my mom drove it once. We need more detail. We need more yeah. pictures than that. Car has new battery. So. And then they wonder why you low ball them on the offers right you know but uh, i'm telling you if you're selling your car on facebook marketplace please please post a picture of the engine bay yeah that's a good point that's a good point and it almost never happens uh you almost rarely ever see a picture even of the engine at all yeah and the undercarriage wouldn't hurt either yeah well good luck with that all right uh that's going to put a wrap on it you want to tell us about your first car or any other questions you have it is easy to get in touch with us, 683-0989. That's 901-683-0989 on social. Of course, you can find us on themotormouths.com. Shoot us an email there, or you can find us, of course, we're on the Facebook at Motormouths989, and you can find me on Twitter at BudMotormouth. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it again next week. We'd love to hear your story, and we'll answer the questions we can. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths.